Hey everyone, my name is Brooke Ferreira. I'm a licensed associate marriage and family therapist. Each week you'll be listening to me or one of my guests talk about what it takes to really live authentically. So this is the Nurture and Be podcast. Hey everyone, my name is Brooke Ferreira. I'm a licensed associate marriage and family therapist. Each week you'll be listening to me or one of my guests talk about what it takes to really live authentically. So this is the Nurture and Be podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the very first episode of the Nurture and Be podcast. My name is Brooke Ferreira, and I'm a licensed associate marriage and family therapist. As a disclaimer, this episode and all future episodes should not be taken as professional advice. If you're struggling and want to seek out professional help, you can go to Psychology Today to find a local therapist. So for this episode, we have the honor of having my grandma here. Her name is Mary Cahill. In this episode, we really dive into her grief process. About, what is it, seven months ago in February, I lost my grandfather and her spouse. And so this episode is emotional and it's raw and it's the true meaning of what it is to show up bold and courageous, even when it's hard. You know, and how that is such an authentic place to be. Um, This episode is special for me. And I think it also provides so much insight into what we don't talk about. Um, I'm really, I'm I'm excited for y'all to listen. I'm grateful that you're here. And let's dive in. Last minute, I decided that I wanted to do an ad really quick. Um, Because I don't want to break up the episode in the middle of it. It's just so, it flows so well and it's really intense and I want to keep that. So I'm going to take a quick minute to do my ad. This week I want to talk about Frey. It has been one of the best choices for us switching in our laundry care. It is a detergent, a fabric softener. They also have a bunch of other different lines and it's cruelty-free and vegan. It's certified B Corporation. They literally... Every single order, they plant a tree to try to offset the carbon footprint. It it smells so delicious too. It's like, it smells like cologne, honestly. So if you want to give Frey a try, I have a link that you can click in the show notes and there you'll be able to try it for just $1 and then you'll also get $10 off your first uh, official order. So again, that is in the show notes. Okay, now let's get to the episode. Can you talk to, can you tell the listeners about your life with Paul, when you guys met, how long were you married for? Well, we were married for 63 years. And the first time I ever saw him, he was with another girl. And I told my girlfriend, I said, I'm going to marry that man. And I walked across the high school dance floor, walked right past him and looked him in the eye. Then I slowly lowered my eyes and went, <laughs> to get a drink of water in the hall and there he was right behind me and he said hi and I said hi of course he had to go on his date with his girlfriend and then a couple weeks later we met (laughs) my goodness and then did you so you started dating shortly after that yes and then the rest was history just like that just like that you know, how, how, what has grief looked like for you throughout your lifetime? I know you said you haven't really 
expressed it, but have you had experience with grief before? No. When my mother died, I didn't experience grief. I didn't have any guilt feelings, and I felt like I did my best for her. When my father died, the same thing. Mm -hmm. And when my mother-in-law died, I felt the same way. I had a burst of emotion when they died, and then that was it. Mm -hmm. And so it's different than when Pa died, your husband. Yes. I I think <clears throat> I wrote these things down the day after he died, the next day and the next day and the next day, those things that you think you want to say a thousand times a day that I love you, I love you, and things that should have been said mm -hmm. that weren't said. They were there, but you, you can't... You can't go back and say them now. Were, did you find that the the things that you wanted to say were everyday little things or were they big, big things? Just little everyday little things. Mm -hmm. We had so much love for each other. And all the little things were expressed in doing things for each other. But I wanted, wish I had said those words, I love you. I love you. I love you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I remember when you told me that he died, the one thing that you said was, I didn't get to tell him goodbye. And I keep replaying those words in my head over and over again when I think about his death, honestly. That's what I think about most. I know. I say, what the things that I wrote down, I say, did you say goodbye? And I didn't hear you because I was sleeping. Did you reach over and look at me and wait for me to say goodbye? Or did God just whisk you away? He had such a peaceful look on his face. It was like he was happy. The last, the last words that we said to each other were, he said, I said, I wish I had long hair just once in my life. And he says, I don't like long hair. And I said, I just want to have long hair for one day, two days. And then I walked into the kitchen and I said, I don't care if I have long hair. I've got the best life in the whole wide world. And he said, what did you say? And I said, I've got... I've got the best life in the whole wide world. <laughs> that was the last things that we said to each other. Mm. And it's true. You know, when people are going through grief, they tend to f forget like the hard things or the difficult things about that person or their marriage or relationship or whatever it is. Did you experience that? No, no, it's, it's, they're, they're, there. um, times of crankiness. <laughs> he was the most forgiving, honorable, admirable person ever. Mm -hmm. 
I wasn't the easiest person to live with. Hmm. And he never, never complained. He never criticized me. And I never criticized him. We never criticized each other. Um, we knew if, if each other had disappointed us. That was the only, that was what I would say is a bad time. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, if we had done something that disappointed small things, mm -hmm. just, you know. I'd like to know how I get both through this dead feeling. What is the dead feeling? Can you explain it? I mean, I go through my daily my daily life, I laugh, joke around, have a good time. I enjoy my life. I really do. And yes, I'm just dead inside because he's not there. Mm -hmm. Is the dead feeling feel like longing or sadness or fear, it, anger? It's sadness. It's it's. I could, well, let's just say this. Every, this is what I say. Every, every night I say my prayers. And I have my regular prayers that take about 13 minutes. And I say my <laughs> prayers. And I just, and, and you know that God's spirit is in, was in us. And, and all I do is ask God. But he sent God's spirit to me too. So that I could have him by my side. Mm-hmm. Even if he's not here physically, I just want to feel him, his spirit here with me, and his hand on my shoulder, saying everything's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And it is. It's okay. And it's hard. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you get rid of that dead feeling. You know, I. It's a feeling. It's what it is. Is it's like, I mean, I have a really nice life with Cindy and, and all my family and everything. But if I, I mean, I wouldn't mind at all if I died tomorrow. Because mm -hmm. then I, I'll be with him. And I know that's not right because I'm a, I'm a true believer in God's word. And he says everything, there's a plan for everything. And I'm not going to question God's plan for uh, dying or what my what his plan is for me. Maybe I'm supposed to be doing something great or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But I think it makes sense to also miss him and to, to long to be with him and wish you were. That makes sense, too. I mean, you were together for 63 years. I know. At the memorial, I told everybody I didn't want anybody see me acting sad or anything because everybody at that memorial had lost their husband their spouse or a child. Uh, so I, I didn't know how people would look at me if I 
was crying as if I was the only person in the world that had lost somebody that I loved. Hmm. So your, your thought was, I just need to be strong so they don't think anything about me. Yes. What do you think it would have been like to show up authentic and be sad and sob? And everybody would have to feel like they had to feel sorry for me, and I didn't want that. You think? You know, my when I think about the memorial, that the energy there was so heavy. You know, it was like a big, thick cloud almost. And I remember looking at Matt, my husband, and saying, I just need a bubble. I just need a bubble right here to go around me because I want to be able to feel my emotions and not take on everybody else's, right? But it sounds like you almost had like a shield. You know, no emotions are getting in or getting out here. Right. You know, and how do you think that impacts your ability to grieve or your ability to show up honest and connect with others? I don't know. This is the thing that I'm going through right now is... Mm I'm not sure how I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. What if there is no supposed to? Well, that's true. And I'm thinking everybody is going to deal with grief in a different way, their mm-hmm. own way. And my way, maybe somebody else is doing the same thing. Maybe maybe they can say, oh, that's what's wrong with me. That's what we <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with you, first of all. And I think that, I mean, it's been less than a year. You know, and the first year is always the hardest. And so that dead, you're saying dead, I'm hearing numbness. Yeah. You know, that makes that makes sense. I guess tonight, thinking about this, was the first time that I dealt with this. And... I, I got feelings out that I, I really had suppressed. Mm-hmm. I can't even explain the feelings. I've never actually felt grief. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's the really intimidating thing about grief and why I wanted to do this podcast is nobody really knows. You know, because you're right, everybody experiences it so differently. Right. And each death so differently. Yeah, like my parents, and I I didn't feel, I felt sad, but I didn't grieve. People talk about grieving about their parents. Years and years, they miss them every day, and I don't understand that. I, I don't understand what they're why mm-hmm. why they do they feel guilty is that why they are hanging on to that grief hmm. and so the, instead of thinking about the happy times and I, I don't understand mm-hmm. yeah and it goes back to you know people have their own experiences but then maybe this grief of pa I might might hang on for years and years. I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
I, I saw this um, image one time and it said that it was like a grief was like a ball, right? And so there was one picture and it was the ball and that was grief. And then it was a circle around it. And then the next picture was that same ball with a bigger circle around it. And it talks about how grief doesn't get smaller. Your capacity just gets bigger. So what does that say to, about me? <laughs> that each day you process and talk and work through whatever feelings come up for you, your capacity gets bigger. Is it unhealthy to be the way I am? Meaning what? How are you? You mean numb? I, oh. Cindy said that at the memorial that some people were saying that I hadn't dealt with the grief yet. I don't know what to, what I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think if you're having a any kind of feeling, grief or aside from death at all, it's in my opinion, more healthy to share. And maybe that's share with God, share on a piece of paper, share with another person. But whenever we stuff these things down, that's where depression and anxiety come from. Maybe I'm depressed. Probably, which is normal. That's a stage of grief. But I function normally. Mm -hmm. I don't sit around like a depressed person would. Well, there's, there's uh, scales, right? Like you can be high functioning and depressed. You know, lack of joy, lack of motivation, changes in sleep, changes in eating, irritability, feeling just blah, mm. numbness. What are you thinking? Well, you said joy. And I have joy. But is it? Forced joy, or is it a re real? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I make every effort to be normal. Normal. I want to lose the the normal and supposed to, you know, and shed that because there is no normal. There is no this is what you're supposed to do or should do. You know, and that's what living authentically and honestly is, is just owning whatever is. When you think about your parents, did, did they teach you how to grieve? Or are you, this is like the first time you even thought about what it might look like? This is the first time I have ever lost somebody that I don't think I can get along without. Mm -hmm. At least... He doesn't even have to be here physically. As long as I've got his, his spirit and his, what is another word for spirit? Essence, being. Yes. Energy. Energy, yes. That's what I miss. Mm -hmm. I miss our daily silliness, our just talking silly. And I got to tell you, I feel so bad about people that had gotten COVID and died and everything. But to me, COVID was a blessing because we spent two years together. 
constantly. And it was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Before that, I had spent so much time running downtown or going to garage sales. When I And I didn't realize how much he had wanted me to be home with him. Mm. He wasn't well. And so these last two years was such a blessing that I could be home with him. Mm-hmm. And it might have been God's whole plan for the whole <laughs> world to get COVID just so I could spend the last two years with him. <laughs> How did you know that he wanted you to be with him? Because he was so happy when I was there. Mm-hmm. And he never said anything about me running down the garage sales mm-hmm. and this and that. Yeah, I guess you never know when that day is going to come that they're not going to be there. What has it been like to watch your kids grieve? For those of you who don't know, she has six kids and one of them being my mama. I haven't seen anyone openly grieve except Cindy tonight. Hmm. And she still hasn't accepted it. And she just doesn't want to accept it. One of the kids I saw cry because they felt so bad. Mm-hmm. And that was the only ones that outwardly could do it yet. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're like, maybe everybody loved Pa so much, and I love my parents so much. But if you know that they knew that you loved them, and that he knew that they loved him, like my parents, You don't, you don't have that same kind of grief. Mm. You know, it's, it's weird for me to watch my mom grieve, right? And then watch you grieve and then myself grieve and my sister grieve. It's so many different experiences, you know, and me creating that memorial video for him was my way of grieving, you know, as I was combing through the pictures and rewatching the video and making it, that felt good for me. Yeah, that's very emotional. Mm-hmm. That's when I cry. He was such a good man. Mm-hmm. He was. You know, in watching mom grieve, I asked her a few weeks ago how she was doing, and she said um, she's still pushing things down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that felt very aligned with, my experience of her and now how you're talking about it too. And I don't know if it's a generational thing or if it's a I'm not ready yet thing or a combination of both. Yeah. Cause you don't, I kept saying, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about it because maybe then you have to accept, accept it. Mm-hmm. And I've accepted it. I mean, that's, that's not it. And Cindy's accepted it. That's not it. She doesn't want to talk about it. Because mm-hmm. it hurts. It physically hurts. Yeah. You know, sometimes when Matt asks me about it, I feel my heart almost break for a second. And then in that moment, I choose, do I want to talk about it or not? You know, and sometimes I'm like, I don't want to. Right. And then other times I try to muster my courage up to, to talk about it. 
you know, but it depends on my mood. It depends on the day. It depends on the question. Everybody, everybody loses somebody every day, every second. Everybody in the world. Mm -hmm. So why is it, why is it such a, a question? Why doesn't it just come naturally? You grieve and then it's over and life goes on. You know, you're right. It's one of the most prevalent things on this earth and one of the least understood. And one of the least discussed. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe that speaks right to the pain. I just had another thought about why we don't talk about grief. Earlier, I talked to Jenna, my sister, and I said, I'm going to do an episode with Grammy about grief. And she said to me, I said, Grammy said it's going to be hard for her. And she said, well, what about Grammy's feelings? And I've been thinking about that, you know, because and I, my response to her was, I think it'll be good for her. And so I'm thinking about this narrative of if we talk about grief and it's hard and it causes you pain, that's a bad thing versus it being a, a really good thing to be able to verbally process and work through this stuff. Right. I, I totally agree. You know, and how do we as a society start to, to break that narrative and work through this stuff and make it easier to talk about? Right. I mean, you can't, you can't pussyfoot around people so they don't feel bad mm -hmm. because then, then you're denying that they even have things to say about it. Mm -hmm. It was very good to talk to Cindy tonight. We were practicing talking to you, and I really cried hard just over little things, mm -hmm. telling her little things, the things that I feel bad about when I watched a video, or but to say them out loud was very cathartic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, otherwise those thoughts are always inside. Now I've said them. And I think it's very good to talk to you. Mm -hmm. I think he's listening to us. You know, he talks to me all the time. Does he put his hand on your shoulder? He doesn't do that, but he he's, it's very weird. The first video I made for you, remember, like the very first one, that I'll be listening to music randomly, and it'll switch to the song I used in that video. Really? Yes. Like, it's bizarre. I'm like, oh, hey, Pa. You know, and it's it's random times. It's It's been times when me and Matt have been arguing. And it'll switch. It's almost like a, hey, slow down. Like, this isn't that important. Okay, is there any last thing that you want to share about grief or about you, about Pa? Just a second. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to read this to you. Okay. I wrote every day the first few days he died. Okay. You call out to me softly. If I had known you were leaving, I would have reached out. I can't mean it. I would have reached out to you, and we could have held on to each other. Tell God I swept you away. The pain 
I'm losing you. It's so great. I never knew the feeling of a broken heart until you left. Did you have time to say goodbye? Oh, I love you so much. So many words I could have said and told you every day. Much I love you. How grateful I am that God sent you to me. He searched the world to find a perfect husband, find father for our children. You are my greatest gift to cherish until the day God takes me. I pray that heaven is what God said and promised. That you will be that we will be together, please God. Let this be a nightmare and I'll wake up in the morning and he'll be saying good morning. I miss you so much. The way you tucked me in at night, asking me if I had enough covers. The way you closed your eyes and we danced. Your steadfast way of handling any situation. Unwavering in your values. You were perfect. Did you say goodbye while I was sleeping? Did you reach out to tell me you had to leave? That your time had come to take God's hand. You go to wait for me. I'll be there when my time is ready. I wish I had said goodbye. I told you. I held you close and told you how much I love you. But that wasn't meant to be. I miss you so much. But I know my journey isn't over yet. But wait for me and never leave me. Glad you cuddled me the other night. I love you so much. God had to take you so you wouldn't have to see your life shattered and sold. That was the saddest words you spoke the last few hours. I thought I would die in this house. God planned it so you wouldn't have to suffer through all of this. I think you willed yourself to die peacefully in our home. With my very last words, I have the best life in the whole wide world. I would have, I would have the best life living anywhere, somewhere with you. I love you so much, my love, my Robert Lockheed, my RLC, my Roberto. I had the most wonderful life with you, so happy that you always touched me, held me, always kissed me, loved me, and danced with me. You were the best thing that ever happened to me in our family. And so many regrets about your last second of your life. Did you say goodbye to my sleeping figure or because her heart just slipped away? My heart is so empty. The kids are fine. The nights are so lonely without you. Kids making sure I have enough covers is where we can be together again. I will hold you and never let you go. I miss you so much. I love you forever. I feel honored that you're sharing 
on this podcast in this space. Um, I think, you know, we were talking about people not talking about grief and you're breaking that mold. You're doing it here. You're showing what it means to be raw in the middle of grief. And that takes courage. This is grief. Hmm. I guess this is... I guess now I know what grief is. Thank you for showing me (laughs) and pulling this out of me. Mm -hmm. Anytime. I love you so much. I love you too.